Wow. You're the defender of my heart. I, I don't know if you're aware, but I, I, well, first, I, I, don't, I know what songs are going to be played because I can see them in our database, but I don't, I, don't, I don't really listen to them and look at them and see how they fit in. That's, that's Randy's job, right? He does that and, and gets the right songs at the right time, but man, here I am today. <laughs> Remembering how afraid I was this Sunday last year, just a day before I went into open heart surgery. A year ago, y'all, can you believe it? A year ago, Tuesday, and then here we are right before I come up to preach. She's, I'm just singing, you're the defender of my heart. Mm, my protector, my guardian, my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Why are we afraid, church? He is mighty and he is strong and he's the defender of our hearts. And it's so good. I got a note here that totally doesn't fit, but I'm just going to just transition. Man, my heart's just alive today. I just feel the presence of God. Um, but I, I, Stacy mentioned the, the Genesis uh, that, that we're, what we're doing. We're, we're really resurrecting Genesis. And I, I want to spend a minute here and encourage you to prioritize this. Uh, most churches uh, that you have been to in the past, if, if that's your thing, and you've been doing church for a while, they have a membership class, right? Maybe a, a lunch with the pastor, and that's how you get to know more about the church, and you decide, do I want to be a member of this church? Do I want to call this church home? Well, we, we really aren't really interested in your membership, right? You know, whether you're a member of this place or not, we're really not a club and you don't need to join us. You just need to be present. I'm more attended in your participation and being here than I am your membership. Uh, but however, we do want to share with you some information. This is kind of how we got started and this is what God is doing and this is what we value and this is our mission and oh, by the way, God wired you a certain way and, and we used to do these in, in, in three steps uh, and, and it was like, how do we do this and, and make it to where it's something we can, we can do pretty quickly? And uh, I think we're boiling it down to an hour and a half is our goal, is to be able to, to sit in this space, uh, provide you some, some, I don't know, we're doing a meal or a snack or some, some nourishment between second service and, and Genesis. But we're going to start doing these on a more routine basis. Uh, so you can see who we are. We're, it, we're, we're receiving a, a good number of guests in our church. And, and if I'm in your shoes, I'm like, okay, I enjoy fellowshipping in this church. I enjoy uh, the worship. I'm learning from the message. I love the groups that they do. I love, I, I kind of, I'm liking this place. Um, well, let's put a ring on it, right? Let's make it official. How do we do that? We go to Genesis uh, so we can learn more. So that's what's coming. You know, I just wanted to, 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 to let you see that. We're going to do them on a routine basis. I do expect our first Genesis will have a good number of people in them because there's a lot of y'all curious about who we are and what we do. And maybe you know, but you, you want to hear it in a formal way and, and walk out with a little booklet on, on what we are. We've been working hard to put that together for you. And so that's, that's here. 
Uh, We're probably going to start doing these quarterly uh, as we continue to grow. Uh, This will likely be a monthly thing that we we do. And so Genesis is going to be something in our DNA as people come and and our guests and say, hey, I want to know more. So now you know, right, what that looks like, what the purpose of that is. And and if you haven't been a part or, or, hey, maybe you went through uh, the, the classes a couple summers ago uh, when we did it through our summer nights. Maybe you want to come back and, and just check it out. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to do that. We will uh, create this week a sign-up on Church Center app. And so look for that. We'll text blast it out when it's live. We would like you to sign up for Genesis so we know to plan for you. Okay, so anyway, enough on that. Last Sunday was super cool. It was the last Sunday of the year, and I got to sit with you, and I got to learn from Lance, my son, and how awesome did he do last week? Come on, y'all. Wasn't that great to hear from him? Um, but I'm not going to lie. I love being back to preach. Like, like being your pastor is a joy and an honor. And, and I realize I, I, I like to take breaks sometimes. And I like to have people preach that aren't me and still be here, you know, instead of being gone. And I, I want to do that more frequently, too, because, look, this, this place is not about any one person. It's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the person of Jesus Christ, and God has just called me to say yes, to be your pastor for this season, and it's a joy, and it's an honor, but I love being able to sit and and learn with you. Uh, But before uh, we dive in to our, our first sermon series of 2024, titled Workplace Missionary, I want to share some pretty exciting news. Um, We had our second architectural planning meeting uh, last week, and folks from Refuge Church and the Counseling Center and our board of directors, we we set around uh, an initial plan of blueprints that Ann Thomas created uh, and, and and just gave feedback on, on that, and, and she's going to be reworking those. And I got to tell you, it's so cool to see uh, God start to put together a space. It's, it's just a building, but it's a space that will be right-sized for us to be able to do the ministry that God's called us to do, All right? How cool will it be to have a counseling center just right there, just right together, people coming together and coffee shop and all this stuff? The, the only thing that stands between today and tomorrow in that building is money, right? And so you're like, great, I came to church, we're talking about money. No, we're not talking about that. I'm just telling you, that's just the wall between here and there, right? And we're just trusting God. It is impossible. What God is calling us to do is impossible. But I want to tell you, uh, God is in the business of making impossible possible. And we are planning to go any way that God calls us to go. If he wants us to buy land and build this building now, we're ready for that, right? If he calls us into a leased place for a season to grow, to get to there, we're ready for that. God, whatever, here we are, send us, right? We're patient, we're trusting. Uh, Here's what I know, Uh, our lives are changing, aren't they? I see your life's changing, my life's changing. As we come together, we do church, we commit to this vision of refuge that God has given us. A man walking by the church this morning, uh, stops by and sees a couple getting out of their cars and says, hey, will you pray with me? 
And man, that's, that's what it's about, church, to be a refuge, a safe place for wanderbys that go, I, I just need some, I need some prayer. I, I, need, I need a safe place. And we get to do that. So look, God is going to do something amazing in our midst. Uh, buckle up, hang tight. Let's see uh, what he's going to do. But first, here's what I call you to do now is to pray. Will you just pray? Lord, have your way. Lord, will you do in Refuge Church your vision? Will you cast it out and just allow him to, to do what he does best? He is so good. Now, I'm ready to get on with the sermon. I'm a little worried about time, and I was sitting there I'm like, man, I got my notes. I got some things I want to say at the end. I'm like, what are we going to do? So we're just going to get into this sermon. It's a sermon that I've titled, Be the Church. Now, you walk out this door, and, and, and if, if, if you haven't uh, got tunnel vision, you see the sign on the way out, and it says, be the church. Maybe you don't see it anymore. Tony comes up to me. I'm sitting in the office yesterday, and he says, Dad, you know what we forgot? And I'm like, what? He goes, we forgot a Christmas decoration. I'm like, well, what are you talking about, right? He goes, when you walk in and out the house, if you look up, there's two little silver bells up there. I don't know, Stacy, if he told you there's two little silver bells that are just sitting up there, they're hanging up there. They've been up there since just before Thanksgiving, and we took all of our Christmas decorations down, and these two silver bells are still there today even, right? They're right in front of us, but we didn't see it. Come on, have you been there? Right? I can't find what I'm looking for, and it's right there in front of you. And, and I think uh, being the church is one of those things, if we're not careful, it's like, yeah, we know we need to be the church, but it's right in front of us, and we don't see it. We don't do it. Here's a question I have for you to start it off. And it's okay to raise your hand in church. Right? I know we're not Pentecostal church, but we can do this, right? Okay. How many of you work? That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of hands. What? What? What do the rest of you do? Right? You didn't raise your hand. What? What? What do you do? Uh, but I, I think to start off, we we need to start looking first at what work is. What is work? Because there's some people that didn't raise their hand, and they probably didn't raise their hand because they don't have a job. But I didn't ask if you have a job. I asked if you work. And so look at the definition of work. This first one, we're, we're probably going to go, yeah, okay. Uh, to perform work or fulfill duties regularly for wages or salary. I'm going to go to work. We'll give some money. we we'll compensated. And I have some, some things to be able to use. I think we're all familiar with this. But what about these last two? An activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Sometimes you got to put that mind to work, don't you? If you drive a car, you are working your mind to achieve a result. What's the, what, what are you trying to achieve? To get to your destination safely so your mind engages. You're going to work. How about this? A task or tasks to be undertaken, something a person or thing has to do. <laughs> Dishes. Right? Come on. Got laundry. Come on. That stuff's got to be done. You got uh, home maintenance or the HOA is going to send you a letter. Or if you live in, a, in the country and you don't have an HOA because you want to leave all your stuff around, well, that's fine, but you're probably not going to have neighbors. 
You know, I mean, like, like we have work, we have things to do. Listen here, what I want you to hear is we all have work. We all work. All of us have some work to do. I think of this time last year uh, and the following weeks to come when I went through open heart surgery. Do you know that that was work? Recovering from that procedure, I had to work to find wellness again. Uh, My job for a while was standing up and walking. That's it. Some of y'all came and walked with me, right? I had to do laps. I had to walk. And let me tell you right now, y'all, that was work. It took work to do that. If you've ever been in situations where your body's felt the the, the plunge of surgery or some uh, illness, come on, you know that it's work. You have influenza in your home, you know, come on, it's work to get through those things. Bottom line up front, here's what I want you to see. Whatever you do and wherever you do it, there is mission to it. You see what I'm talking about? Like whatever it is you do, look, there was mission for me to evangelize and share the goodness of Jesus Christ in the midst of my hospital recovery and then my physical therapy that came after that, right? I didn't see it as just something I had to do. I saw it as an opportunity to be a workplace missionary, to work with a mission. Don't work just to receive the money. Look what the Bible tells us in Colossians 3.23. It says, work willingly at your job. Work, work willingly when you receive a paycheck. Work, work willingly when you are treated fairly. No, it doesn't say any of this stuff. It says what? It says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. I often tell my family, I say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you don't get the best of me. Come on. Some, I, there's, sometimes I, I treat my family like I wouldn't treat my coworkers. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's things we say to those that are closest to us that we love the most that we would never tell our supervisor, our our peers in the workplace because you'd be fired if you acted that way. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Like we've got to improve the work because at whatever we do, whatever I am doing, working to parent children, working to do chores around the house, working in our community, working in your workplace, right? It's, there's a mission to that. How, how are we going to do this? You've heard me say before, one of my responsibilities in the house, is, I think it's the short straw, but that's okay. Stacy doesn't have the mic. She can't compare right now. I, I do most of the dishes. Because we made a we made a we made a pack when we got married, right? Whoever cooks doesn't clean. The other person cleans. And so it was hamburger helper days. Come on, that's all we could mac and cheese. I mean the come on, it's the gourmet stuff, you know. It's it, all we could afford. And it was equal. I could do it. She could do it. I mean, come on. You just put the packet, add some water, stir it around. Dinner's ready, right? And that was, I would do it. And so I would cook. She would clean. 
And then all of a sudden, we started to be able to afford other foods. And then I couldn't cook as well as she did. And now, so she starts cooking, and then she starts experimenting. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to cook because you're so much better at it. And then I'm like, well, I'll do the dishes. And now, now it's like, I'm, I'm the dish boy, right? Okay? I'm the dish boy. And, and that's okay. But here's the thing. What's my mindset when I'm doing a task, I'm working in the house that I don't want to do. Like, I don't want to do the dishes. <clears throat> I'll put my mind and say, Lord, I'm serving my family. I'm serving you. Lord, let me do this the best that I can. I'll pray when I do dishes. I'll like, okay, I'm not doing these for Stacy because she made a mess. Like, I, I'm like, come on, we got to wrestle this stuff out, don't you? Like, man, she just made an awesome meal. Why am I to complain that she made some, like, couldn't you have, she's like, I tried to clean up as I went, right? You know, and I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, ah, what do we do here? You're caught in these crossroads. If you see your work as anything that you do and you're serving the Lord and it's a mission, it'll change your perspective every single time. As, as we dive into this series this month, I want you to see that your work, whatever it is, however you're compensated for it, has a purpose. All of it has a purpose for each one of you, paycheck or no paycheck. Honestly, I believe that the most important work that you can do does not have a paycheck in compensation for it. Like single people serving others at, at church. You, you may work at Starbucks and, and be a barista and get paid to serve coffee uh, for your living, but then you serve on the refuge coffee crew. You're not compensated for that. Why? Because it's serving, it's serving others. It's using the gifts that God has given you to serve other people. Both of these are important. But married people, loving your spouse well, you're not compensated for that. You don't get money for that. That's illegal. You know, I'm like, you don't, you don't do that. You, you, you love each other well, and it's work to do that. Parents, if you're a parent in the house, come on, raising kids, that costs money, a whole lot of money. You, you're, not, you're, you're not like, that's not something you're compensating. Most important work that you can do, like all of these take work. The most important things that you do, the relationships you have at home, the work that you do together, you can't put a compensation price on that. For most of our marriage, Stacy stayed at home and raised the children. And I would look at her and I'd be like, you, you have it way more difficult than me. Like, I get to go to work and be around adults. They can blow their own noses you know, they can get their own food. Well, most of them, some of them struggle with it. But, but you know, I, I, I get to, we, we take breaks. We can talk about adult things. And I come home, and she's all sorts of sideways from dealing with young kids all day long. I'm like, gosh, it must be hard to do this. And she wasn't compensated financially for it. She worked harder than me. The task was more important than what I was doing, look, her mission was on point. Now, ladies, save the hate mail, right? I'm trying to showcase that work is not 
always compensated financially. I'm not trying to say you can't go work or, oh my gosh, you're saying no. I'm just saying, look, sometimes the most important things that we do, there's no compensation for it. And it's work, and we ought to see it as a mission. Are you a missionary for the Lord and the work that you do? That's where we're going this month. Regardless of where you work or how you work, you have a mission in it, and that mission is to glorify Jesus. Whatever you do, compensation or no compensation. So for us to be the church as we work, there are some things I think we need to master. When you see that sign and you walk out and it says, be the church, what does that mean? What does it mean when you go to work and be the church is on your mind? Well, let's unpack a few things today. Number first, number one, uh, first, uh, love one another. Look, these are really simple, but they're so hard to do. Can, can you just love one another? Our culture is giving us hatred, and hatred is increasing. But Christians ought to love in the midst of it. And love is something all of us have space to improve on. How do we love one another? I'm going to read a scripture out of John chapter 13, verse 33 through 36. So Jesus is speaking here, and he says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I will tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And then he says this. This is critical. Verse 34, a new command I give you. Because, because the old ones weren't working. The old law wasn't working. And Jesus Christ is about to leave. And the disciples can't go with him. There's confusion that's about to happen. Peter's about to deny him. And here's what he says. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now. Oh, here's the good news. But you will follow later. Come on. Like, look, I want you to see this. The Ten Commandments, all the laws and all the things that you think is the right thing to do to be a Christian. God's saying, just put that away above all of that stuff. If you would just love each other, you'll be my disciple. And people will see God working through you. It's a new command. Let me, let me get real. Um. I think my workplace is pretty awesome. I, I know I'm biased, but I, but I think the, the staff here at Refuge Church is pretty awesome. I, I, I think and I hope that they feel the same way. Uh, come on, when you get the right people at the right table to do the right thing, amazing things happen, and we're experiencing that we have fun together, we work together, we have patience with one another, we grow one another, we overcome obstacles together. Come on, it's amazing what happens. However, I have been 
in some pretty unlovable environments working in my past. Some of them have been here at Refuge Church. Uh, Some of them have been at other churches that I've worked at, Uh, Coast Guard units. Come on, you you can think in your mind, you may be in one right now in your workplace where you're like, this this is awful. You know know the feeling. Uh, It's an unpleasant place. The people are not happy to be there. Uh, You you look around and everybody's only there to get some money so they can pay their rent and and for, for their iPhones. Come on, that's, that's, all they, that's all we're doing. What are you working for? Rent and iPhone, right? That's what they need. You want some groceries? No, I'll get groceries as long as I can pay my cell phone bill, right? It's like, I don't understand this stuff, right? The homeless people are like, can you Venmo me? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like come on, like, what's happening? You got an iPhone, right? It's like $1,400 phone. Like, it's just my mind blown. Run from those places where you're miserable in your workplace, some of you people come in and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's just awful. You mean that job you were praying for six months ago? You know, that job that you wanted so badly that, that, you're, like, that you're like, man, come on, Pastor, pray for me. This opportunity, I'm going to get this job. It's going to be great. My life's going to change. And six months later, you're like, I hate this job. Pray for me. I need another one, right? Like maybe you can press through the hard time. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy and harmonious, but, but maybe, just maybe, God's calling you to change places or locations because you've got to love one another. I think of, of Tony. I'm going to dime out some places here today, right? I don't know if they'll watch online later. Hey, truth hurts sometimes. Dude was working at Whataburger and was miserable in his environment. There was no love around that place. He was, he was bullied because of his disability of autism, right? He moves over to tractor supply. Man, the dude is flourishing. He loves it. Why? The environment changed. People love him there. They accept him for who he is. The environment changed. The kid is in the middle of love. He's a young man now. I call him a kid. He's 20 years old, about to be 21, right? And But he, look, the environment of love changes things. What is it in your place that you're seeing where love abounds? Maybe you need to be part of a solution in your current situation. Maybe you need to to change situations, but listen, listen close. This is super important. You have to love people that aren't like you. You just you just have to do that. The the world will present unlovable people to you. I think it's part of God's plan to allow us to see people that aren't like us. And man, you're a tough one. Maybe you're the tough one. Right? Maybe you're the one that people are like, oh, boy, he's here, she's here. Right? Like, uh-oh. Right? And maybe you're that one. But here's, you know what we do? Our culture and our world says that we, we cover sin by saying love covers a multitude of sin. Have you seen that? Have you heard people, have you heard people in the workplace say those things? Right? Or maybe in the community, we see sin abound in our culture. And they do wrong and evil things, but they, oh, but they love, but there's love. Love covers a multitude of sin. Yes, and there's a scripture that says love covers a multitude of sin, but you've got to read all of it. You've got to understand the context of it. And I want to show you how twisted our world is with love today. Now, I'm going to read you a, a, a fairly lengthy passage of scripture, 
It's in 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 1. Now, I want you to see what happens. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. I, I want to pause there. Like, I want you to see that if you are not suffering in this flesh, if you're not struggling to tell yourself no to temptation, uh, I, you're not there yet, right? Like, you're going to have to wrestle through the flesh and the principalities and under, like, gosh, you're going to have to overcome this struggle and this, this sin in your life because that's what Christ did. You have to wrestle it out. As a result, they did not live as the rest of their, earth, their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans tried to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. That's what, that's what I'm hoping you say I used to do. Idolatry. I wrote, in the, I wrote in the margin of my Bible, I circled idolatry, and I said, don't worship football and Taylor Swift more than you worship Jesus. <laughs> Come on, am I right? Come on, man. I was cheering for them Texans last night. And I was like, Laura, but you're more important. And then C.J. Stroud comes on with his Jesus shirt on, and he glorifies God. And I'm like, yes, yes, right? Like, I can't cheer for both. Like, come on, you know, but we can't, come on, we can't idle these things. It says, they are surprised at what you do, and, and, and they will heap abuse on you. They will have to give account for, to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regards to the body, but live according to God in regards to the spirit. Like follow, fo who? don't follow your heart. Your heart will do you wrong every time. Follow the Holy Spirit. Oh, my heart's telling me, yeah, your heart's telling you to sin, what's happening, right? Like you got to purify that thing so that God can be in there and then listen to the Spirit, which now resides in your heart. That's another sermon. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. Here it comes. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Come on. You see this trend? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So that in all things, God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come on, when you love others, you're praising the Savior by your action and your love that you have for each other. I don't know about you, but this scripture makes me love others better. Always, I have room to be, uh, be better at loving you, at loving other people, at putting up with the differences, not being so frustrated by the world. I got to love other people. Okay, so we got that, right? I, I, to be the church... To be a workplace missionary, I've got to love. Number two, I've got to be kind. Some of you are like, okay, what? Like, love and kindness are close cousins. Come on. They're like, they're, they're together. While love has this feeling of affection and intimacy, uh, care and attachment, uh, kindness is being friendly, generous, and considerate. Look, love 
is showing up to the hospital, kindness is taking flowers. See what I'm talking about? Like you've got to do both of these things. You, you need to be in both worlds to the lost. You know what the world's perspective of being kind is? It's accepting. You'll be kind when you accept my ways. So the, the world is selling us the twisted ways of our culture. If you don't accept the ways of the culture, then you're not kind. No, no, no. Like, like kindness can be saying, hey, can we sit down and have a conversation about this? Hey, I disagree with you. Can we iron it out? Can we talk about it? Like kindness goes a long way. You ready for this hard scripture? No. It's hard. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Somebody wants this, so I'm going to give it to you. So Luke 6.35. Come on. Look at this. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything back. <laughs> what? What? You want me to love my enemies? Those who hate me? Those who persecute me, those who say I'm a crazy Jesus freak at church, at, I mean, at, at church, right? At work. <laughs> I got to love those. I got to the, gotta love the people that do bad things to me. I don't understand. That's hard. But it says, it continues, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Look, if Jesus was kind to those who did evil to him, then why can we not be kind to those who are against us? You know, we're not labeled well in our communities across the nation, across the globe. Christians aren't getting this awesome rap right now. I think it's because we're not kind. We don't listen. Now take a breath. Not every relationship that you have is going to be with enemies. Right? You have healthy relationships too. I think about the Apostle Paul. He gives us some wisdom here in Ephesians. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Like the gift of forgiveness that you have. That's being kind. I forgive you. I forgive you for this wrongdoing. Like, hey, that's, that's yesterday. That's the past. Let's, let's start over. Let's have a new slate. Let's just put that behind us and see what God can do in the future. See, a compassionate statement is, is this. I can see how that's upsetting to you. Could you imagine well, the arguments that you have, if, if all of a sudden you started saying, I can see that you're upset by this. Can we, can we talk about it? Can we have a conversation in a little bit? Like, how, how do you handle this thing? Like, it works both ways to have this conversation. I think we ought to enter there. Love them. Show up. Be kind. Do nice things. If you practice this when you're working, if you're just nice to people, 
Come on. I remember I remember that nurse coming in at 4 o'clock in the morning and saying, I need to get you up and in the shower because Dr. Maniscalco is making his rounds at 5.30, and you need to be sitting in that recliner. Look, I didn't want to be nice to her. I just finally settled down. But the Lord says, be kind. I said, I'll do it. Can you help me? You know, can we take it slow? Can you give me a hand? Come on, now, God, God wants for you to be kind. And so if we're going to love each other, we're going to be kind last and certainly not least. And I think this could be the most important part of all of it. I promise you it's the most fun is if you'll just do this. Will you smile? Come on. Well, you put on a face of joy. Why would anybody want to be around you if you got grumpy pants on all the time? Come on, man. God gave you a smile. He gave you a countenance of joy. He gave you the salvation and access to heaven, and you're walking around like you're going to hell, right? Like, like it's so simple. It's so fast, and you don't have to exchange any words with people. You just smile to your customer. Even when they're berating you, can, can you smile in your home? Can you give a little wink to your kids? The little sign, you know, that you love each other, whatever your family does or something, right? Can you show, can you show that love? Because like, we know this. We know body language. It communicates stronger than words do. We know, we know this. Right? It's been studied before. Like, what body language are you putting off? I can't tell you how many times Stacy comes up to me and goes, yeah, but your face isn't saying what your words are saying. <laughs> right? You been there? Come on, it's harder. The older you get, gravity starts to happen. It feels like it's harder to smile, you know, the wrinkles. and It's like I'm not angry. It's I'm trying to squint so I can focus my eyes, you know. But you got to learn this stuff. If we're not careful, we just gravitate right there to that, oh, I'm grumpy. Proverbs 15, 13 says this. Come on, look, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Come on, a happy heart. Are you at peace? Are you content where you are? Are you trusting Jesus Christ to do great and mighty things in your life? Are you inviting the Holy Spirit in so that you can have some joy in the midst of the struggle that you're, you're at? You, you can't make a cheerful face and not smile. Like, try, try it right now. Have a straight face and smile your face. Come on, give me a happy face but not smile. You can't do it. Like, some of y'all are trying, and then the, and then the face cracks. You can't. You look, you look a little bit deformed. Like your eyes, come on. Remember with the masks? And we were wearing masks all the time, and we got good at looking at people's eyes, and you could see their eyes smile. You know what I'm talking about? Like you could see the eyes smile. But I promise you, under that mask was a big smile on their face because they can't make their eyes do that with the frown on their face. Like they go together. Like there's this cheerful face. There's cheerful joy that comes. A hot a happy heart makes a cheerful face. That's part of being the church. That's part of being a missionary in the workplace. You're not going to go over to Sri Lanka or Addis Ababa and go over there and, and go, all right, we're here for America. We're here to serve you. Right? Like, what can we do? Paint the wall? Okay. Right? I mean, you're going to be so, I'm so glad to be here. Like, the Lord is overflowing. Like, if you know, you're... 
People go on mission trip, they take pictures, they're smiling all over the place. They're so happy to be there. And then you go to work and you're grumpy. Why? Why don't you take the mission of, of the Lord with you and be happy there too? Like, we need to take a note out of our children's lives. Or remember back when you were a child. You know, the statistics reveal that, a, that children can smile up to 400 times a day. I mean, you can count if you want to. Um, adults, up to 20 times on a good day. On a good day is what the statistics reveal. Why do we lose stuff to smile about? We get to age of maturity. We find our salvation in the Lord. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll do something good in my life, right? Like we don't smile anymore. It takes 13 muscles to smile and 50 muscles to frown. Smiling is a universal language. It means the same thing. There's not one country or one nation where smile means forget you, I'm angry, <laughs> right? I don't care. You may not be able to speak and communicate at all. You smile. Okay, things are okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, right? That's why when you try to talk a language you don't know, you're smiling. Yeah. You know, where, where, where a hamburger, right? You know, like, you, you know, need something, right? Try to find some food in a foreign country. You're smiling. According to re the same research, smiling it releases endorphins, and endorphins make us feel good. Those, those who smile, they're more approachable. They feel safer to people who are scared. Like, like if we're to be ambassadors and, and we're out in our workplace doing whatever work we're doing, whether we're compensated or not, it, you're wanting people to approach you. I remember, remember laying, laying in my hospital bed after my heart cath before my heart procedure, and I'm sitting there, you got to lay with pressure on your leg for so long, and we just had, I think it was Cody Carnes at the time, my iPhone was sitting here, and I'm just laying in my bed, and the nurse is coming in, and I'm smiling, and the next thing I know, we're talking about church, and a few weeks later, she's sitting in our congregation, and lives are changing, I look at some people from workplaces and I see one couple come in and then the next thing I know there's another and then there's another family and there's another couple. Like workplaces are coming to refuge. Workplaces are worshiping the Lord together. Lives are changing as they're doing work. Come on, you see it? Uh, some of you see it because you're doing it. You're experiencing it. Like, man, it's amazing. And it feels good. And it's easy to smile. Why? Because the Lord is in this place. He's in my heart. He's in my soul. Proverbs 31, 25. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. Come on, Proverbs 31, ladies. Come on. It's a special scripture to y'all. Lead the way. It's hard. You, the whole Proverbs 31. Come on, ladies. It's hard. You look at that like that's a tall order. I don't know if I can do all that. How about start with verse 25? Smile at your future. And the Lord is bright. The future is bright. And before, let me go. Before we go, let me, let me give you a reason to smile. And some of y'all may be like, you don't know my life. I've had a hard time. 
You're the Grinch that didn't get put away after Christmas, right? Numbers 6.25. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you what? And give you peace. Come on. That makes me smile to know that the Lord wants this for me. You get to be a workplace missionary. You get to do this. God has chosen you to go to your places of employment and the places of work and whatever it is you're doing, washing your vehicle. He gave you a job to earn the money so you get the vehicle, so you can buy the soap, so you can wash your car. Like, come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I got running water and a hose, and I can turn it on, and I can turn it off. Man, the Lord is good. Will you love one another? Will you be kind to each other? Will you smile along the way? Like, see what God does when this happens. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to to be in this place today. Will you give us us some, some, some steps to take each one of us that will allow us to, to see you in our workplace so we can have the confidence to, to, to just demonstrate you and showcase you in our lives. And can we smile and can we love each other? Can we be kind? Like biblical kindness. God, we ask you to, to move this month and allow us to be different as we come and go about our work. Whether we're compensated for it, or whether we're not. We want you in the work that you've designed us to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.